Success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. Oh my gosh, we have an amazing guest for you, (laughs) Hillary Young. Every brand has a story to tell and sometimes they need a little help to find it. Through Hillary Young Creative, Hillary works with businesses and entrepreneurs to develop their voice and tell powerful stories that make connections with the right audience. As a content and brand strategist, Hillary has help numerous businesses improve their digital footprint and boost their bottom line. Hillary's storytelling career began in television production for the Colbert Report, HBO, MTV, and collegehumor.com, where she oversaw production of sponsored content partnerships. Eventually, she shifted her focus away from TV and video to content and branding, still utilizing her skills as a storyteller just through a different medium. Welcome, Hillary. It's so great to have you here on the She's Invincible podcast. Oh, hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm in, you know, very good company with all the other amazing women you've had on this show. So I feel very honored to be here. (laughs) Oh, so great. So great. I'm thrilled to have you and to share you and just your amazingness with our listeners. So let's jump right in. Let's get started. Uh, Let's tell our listeners like how you got where you are today and what makes you invincible. So I, um, I actually started out, I, as a young, very young girl, I mean, I was probably like 14 or 15. I wanted to be a journalist. Uh, I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be a news anchor. And, um, I actually had the opportunity to intern full-time at ABC news, um, when I was still in high school. So the entire second semester of my senior year of high school, I spent, um, in Manhattan because I, I actually grew up on long Island, right outside of Manhattan, um, working a nine to five job for ABC news. And, um, within about two weeks, I was promoted from general intern to the assistant to Deborah Roberts, who was one of the correspondents there at the time. She now works for good morning America. Um, and I just loved it. I loved telling stories. I loved, you know, I mean, really it was the intersection of like news and storytelling and people and, I just love people and I love getting to know people. And, um, I ended up going to college. I started off as a journalism major, realized I wanted to, um, tell different kinds of stories, not in the news. I ended up working in television production, 
Um, and then my last internship in college, cause I interned all through college was for the daily show with John Stewart. Um, this is back in 2004 when he was still on the show. And then after graduating, um, Stephen Colbert was getting, a you know, a spinoff from the daily show. He's getting his own show and they hired me to be Stephen's assistant. And that, um, that really kicked off like everything for me. And, you know, you, you read through my resume. So people know that I worked in TV and then transitioned into marketing and branding. And, um, the interesting thing is people are always like, that's so random. Like how, what is, how did you bridge these two pieces of your life? And the interesting thing is that it all came full circle really, because I, you know, very few people have the chance to start up a show, a TV show, and especially being in the position of being Steven's assistant, like I was in the room where it happened for everything, you know, the publicity meetings and the meetings with the corporate and the, you know, meetings, figuring out show segments with the writers and how to staff a show. And, you know, all of these little pieces that at the time, I don't think I understood exactly how they would serve me later in life, but really it was amazing. Like, I watched them build a brand and I loved it. And I think it translates really well to what I do today for um, clients, big and small. And I would say what makes me invincible is probably just that I don't ever quit. Like I don't really ever accept that something I want to do can't be done. Um, I just am like the little engine that could. (laughs) So I think that's... (laughs) part of my strength. (laughs) I love that. I love it. Yes. Never give up. Right. Always believe you can. That is, that is what makes you invincible. So I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this because storytelling is my favorite thing. So I believe, I truly believe that hearts are, hearts are moved. The world is impacted by stories. Right. And so, and I, I also believe that it's the stories, it's the experiences that give us the stories, right? Good, bad, or ugly. Uh, but it's those experiences that where we can remember the lesson and forget the experience and, and share the story to help others. So, oh my gosh, like this is so cool from every side. And I love <laughs> your, um, just, you know, what you said about being in the room, right? Uh, while things unfolded, while this man was, you know, start, start branding himself, starting his own show and all of those things. What a fabulous experience. It really oh my was. gosh. I was yeah, very lucky so, to be there. Oh my, yeah, right. What, what <laughs> just so fortunate. And you know, those those are the things we always have to remember in our journey is that like and no no time is ever wasted. Like everything you deal with or experience you take with you, you are better because of it, no matter what. And I just love that. So let's talk about I love love storytelling. Um, but let's talk about that, about brands. And then, you know, you also had mentioned a little bit, um, off air here about Mm. imposter syndrome, which is also my other favorite thing. And, and part of what, you know, she's invincible is all about. So let's do it. Let's talk about all the things. How about we start with storytelling? I, that's a good place to start because I also love storytelling. And I think, um, It's really just connect. I think everyone just wants to feel connected to something, to someone, to a feeling, to an experience, 
to just feel like they're not alone in what they're experiencing. Like, I think, you know, as teenagers, we get that through music, right? Like so many of us connect, we're like brooding over albums or there's like a breakup album. You know, I think that's how it starts for so many of us. Like we come into that connection through storytelling with music. And, you know, I, I just always was taken with media in general and um, I was a theater kid. So it kind of made sense for me to go into the arts and yeah, I got to meet such interesting people and um, read their story. You know, even the guests that came on to the Colbert report in those early years were just truly remarkable and we're doing interesting things out in the world. And I just love learning about people and their stories and, I think as I went on, the the last um, TV job that I worked was actually um, producing a series called Beyond the Boardroom, which um, was an interview show that aired on Bloomberg TV, where we interviewed CEOs and entrepreneurs um, about their, you know, successes, their failures, what they've learned along the way. And I was the one who was researching all of them, putting all the questions together for them. And I was just so inspired by their lives and their dedication. I mean, especially the last person we interviewed was Wendy Kopp, who created Teach for America as her thesis as a student at Princeton, which is like crazy. And it literally became her life's work. And it just, you know, I think for such a long time, my I had tunnel vision about the media and TV and only the industry I was working on. And that show really opened my horizons to other journeys and other ways that people have, um, you know, built success in their lives. And I just kind of got hooked on that. And, um, I knew that I was ready for a, a little bit of a transition and I, I didn't know it at the time. It took me a little bit to find out how to move into something else. But ultimately, I think I was drawn to marketing and branding because of that same storytelling premise. So even now with businesses and with individuals, because personal branding and personal storytelling is just as important as you know, a story that a business as a whole is telling. Um, but I just, I love it. I love getting to know people. I love getting to know their stories, their vision, their goals, you know, and really crafting something for them in a way that like it connects the dots for them in a way that they were not able to. Um, and a lot of my clients at the end of a, like an initial, I call them, um, like branding foundation sessions, and usually at the end of a session, they're like, this was like therapy, you know, it's because it's very there's like an intimacy to it and really, you know, a vulnerability that they trust me in telling their trials and tribulations, their stories, their hopes, their dreams and having me, you know, craft a story that they can go out into the world and feel proud to tell. So, um, yeah, it's a powerful thing. And then, you know, especially now during the pandemic, being able to make those connections, those authentic connections as a business, I think are more important than ever because I mean, people are hungry for it, you know, and, and in a lot of cases that could make or break how your business 
survives or thrives during a pandemic. You know, I mean, there's so much out there that like just that one story connecting with that one person could inspire them to, you know, put their money with you, spend their money with you versus someone else. And that there's a real power in that. Yeah, that's awesome too. And I'm glad you brought up like, you know, it's not like the pandemic isn't the elephant in the room, right? Oh my gosh, we've been talking about it all year. Um, So um, this is what like, I'm feeling that a lot of people that I'm talking to, they they are rebranding, right? They're rebirthing an idea, something new, Uh, you know, they're pivoting. They're shifting uh, for because of the pandemic, right? Maybe what they did before is not relevant now, and or you know the need is not there anymore. And so, um, what kind of tips do you have that around that rebrand and the stories? You know, like what would you those maybe top three tips of like giving them direction? So I would say the first sign that you have to rebrand is that it's hard for you to explain to people what you do, like that's a sign that you have to rebrand also a sign that you have to rebrand the initial business that you set out to create, or, you know, with whatever intention that you put out there when you first started is not always what it evolves into. And if that evolution doesn't match what, you know, you initially put out there, it's also time to rebrand. So I think the first step is like admitting that you need a rebrand and then also acknowledging that it's not like this big, expensive, super scary thing. I think people think it's going to be like this major investment and they have to overhaul everything and redo their whole website. And maybe that's part of it. But the part of branding that I handle that most people don't think about is not the visual aspect of it. I, I don't really handle the, I mean, I can make suggestions for your website and you know, colors and all of that. But I really focus on the messaging and what you're saying to people and what you're conveying to people. And if you are having trouble understanding what you stand for, or even in your content, if you're having trouble figuring out what kind of content to put out there for people, that all starts with coming up with really the foundation of what your brand is. You know, the way I explain it to clients is that you wouldn't build a house without making, you know, pouring the foundation first, you need something solid to build up on. And that solid foundation is your, your vision, your value proposition, your brand goals, you know, your, your mission statement, your um, elevator pitch, your audience, like understanding who your audience is, who the segments are, who you're talking to. All of that is probably the most important part of what you can do for yourself as a business owner. And I would say that the majority of people and bigger businesses totally overlook that, um, in, you know, as they're building a business, it it really comes later on in the process and which is fine. You should do it anytime you realize you need it is a good time to do it, but really to build a strong business that can, have long lasting impact out in the world, you need that foundation first. Love it. Love it. Love it. So let's talk about imposter syndrome. I think this is so, um, just goes 
goes right in line with what we're talking about, because, you know, as you say, like you're getting your mission statement and your vision and all the things together, you know, so that makes in, as you're creating that you're, you're like elevating yourself, right? Because you're just really starting out. So you're still at the bottom, but you're, you've got to elevate yourself to this higher level. That's going to attract your target audience. Uh, And that's where imposter syndrome comes in. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, a lot of people are afraid to put themselves out there as that higher elevated, you know, brand because they're feeling like they're still at the bottom. So let's talk a little bit about this and and how do you overcome this and what, what great advice do you have? Well, the first piece of advice I can give you is like, stop thinking that social media is real because I feel like that is probably the biggest contributor to imposter syndrome because you're constantly comparing yourself to these perfect looking people or perfect businesses, or they're doing so great, or they're so successful when in reality, you don't know what is actually happening or what they're bringing in everywhere. Like they can say they're making $20,000 a month, but there's a good chance that they're not actually making that. And they're just using that as a tool to market to you. Um, So that's the first step is just really tune out everything else that's going on and only focus on what you're doing and what you know that you're good at and what makes you feel good. Um, And then I would also say, you know, people around, you should listen when people around you talk. And, and by that, I mean, Okay. So the first time this happened to me, I was still working in TV and I was looking for, I was, you know, there's a lot of freelancing that happens in that industry. So there's a lot of downtime where you have to pitch yourself. You have to reach out to people and kind of like annoy people and be like, Hey, like, are you hiring? Like, think about me, which at the time felt really like gross and slimy to me. And, um, David Cross, who's a comedian, um, he was on Arrested Development and Mr. Show with Bob and David. I, you know, I hung out with a lot of comedians back then and we were talking one night and he said to me, you know what? Like, you don't have a manager. You don't have an agent. If you can't advocate for yourself, no one else is going to. Like, even when you do have a manager and agent, like no one's going to do this for you as well as you can. And if you can't even articulate why someone should hire you, then like, it's not going to happen. And that was like a big light bulb moment for me. And then the second light bulb moment happened a few, like years later when I had already transitioned to, um, the branding side of things. And I went to pitch myself to like a friend of a friend who owned his own business. And, um, he was very impressed with my pitch. And at the end he pulled me aside and he's like, I'm saying this as a friend, your prices are too low and it makes me not want to hire you. And that I was very stung by that at the time, but that was a moment where it's like, okay, I have to listen. And what he's saying is that how I'm valuing myself to the outside world does not match my, like, that's an outward sign of my own imposter syndrome. Right. And so I had to like, stuff down how offended I was because I was, I felt so I left and I was like, I can't believe he said that to me. But really when I let it sink in and I really listened, that was another aha moment, like a light bulb moment where I was like, you know what? He's right. Like, I just, I don't, I'm, I'm undervaluing myself and I have to just 
triple my prices. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that's a big part of it is really listening when people tell you these things because it's out there. It's really just a matter of being able to take it in. And then the other piece of it is also how you talk about yourself. So we were, I, for years after I started my business, I was like, Oh, I'm freelancing or, Oh yeah. Like I have some clients or I'm doing this thing on my own. And it wasn't until my husband introduced me to someone at a party where he was like, Oh, you should meet my wife. She also runs her own business. And I was like, I do run my own business. You're right. Like, why don't I say that about myself? Like, I mean, again, talk about like a light bulb going off. It, I was like, oh my God, like I've, the way I have been talking about myself also has been unkind and those imposter thoughts creeping in. And yeah, you, ha it's, you have to listen and then you have to put out into the world what you want to get back. Even if you're not feeling it at the time, if you put that confidence out there, it eventually will fall. It will catch up to you. That was like a golden nugget right there. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, this is so good. Keep going. Yeah, that was great. Great advice. And I love, that was so simple. Like, look at your prices. If you don't think you have imposter syndrome, look at your prices, right? And yeah. that will tell you if you're good or not. Oh, I love that. And, and how you talk to yourself. These are all things that I've been teaching for years, but you know, it's, you don't actually apply that when you're branding your business. Right. But here you are. And sometimes it does take like an amazing husband to spotlight you to be like, wow, I am amazing. Oh my yeah. gosh. Girl. Like, oh yeah. I should be proud of myself. Like I've been <laughs> undervaluing myself. Oh my God. Oh, uh, this is like the gold for 2021 for all the people who are listening today, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Start well, talking about yourself, like talk yourself up and, you know, support yourself and really, I mean, I guess it's almost in line with manifesting, right? Like if you're, if you keep saying negative things about yourself or what you're doing or where you are, it, it's going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And on the flip side, if you say nice things about yourself and you know, talk about yourself in like dream version of you and like what you'd like to achieve it again, it'll be a self-fulfilling prophecy. It'll help propel you to get there and overcome whatever doubt that you're feeling because everyone feels it like everyone experiences it and feels it. And I feel like Michelle Obama even has a great quote where she was asked like, Oh, how did it feel being in the room with all these like smart people? And she's like, well, as soon as you walk in the room, you realize not all of them are so smart. <laughs> Like, I love that. It's so true. <laughs> ah, I love that too. I think I read that in her book. And now a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull, founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business, health, relaxation, mindset, kids, and fashion. Check it out on iTunes, The Climb with Christine, and be sure to subscribe, download, and give her a rating and review.
Yeah. Yeah. She's fabulous. (laughs) That was, that was great. Oh, this has been so great. Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Of course. So you can find me on my website, which is HillaryYoungCreative.com and then all the social media channels. Awesome. And for I'm the there. listeners, yeah, yeah. If the, for the <laughs> listeners, we're going to have all of her links in the show notes. So be sure to just click the show notes and you can find Hillary on your favorite social media platform. So, oh my gosh, well, this has been so great. And we are now going to go behind the scenes as they say in television and movies, right? Yep. So <laughs> we are about to take the people behind the scenes, you know, at the She's Invincible podcast we we do this because there are women all over the world that are comparing themselves they're coming up short they're facing huge obstacles and they're they just they don't know how they're going to do it right and some of them give up unfortunately and so you know our our mission here is to give these women hope share with them behind the scenes some of the obstacles that we have overcome and maybe even tell them like how did we overcome that so they can get back up and get back to chasing their dreams as well so we're going to tell some some stories behind the scenes. And um, if you would with me, I would love to have you share uh, a story about the good in your journey to success. Okay. So the good, I mean, it's not one specific situation. I would say the good really is more about all of the wonderful people I have met along the way. I, um, I, I, someone was asking me this the other day, like, why do you think you're so successful over other people? And I'm like, I just have a genuine interest in other people and I'm a good listener and I'm interested. And it's also led to very long lasting and authentic friendships. So I have lots of friends that I've still retained from my TV days, some of whom are still working in TV. Some have, you know, like me left to do other things. Um, but there's still such a love there, which is just so nice. And I think sometimes in creative industries, you don't always find because it can feel competitive or like very ego driven. And I've been very lucky that in all of the jobs that I've had and all of the experiences that I've had, I have made at least one good friend (laughs) along the way. And I'm very grateful for those relationships, especially the women that I've connected with. And, um, I just think it's, it's really powerful to have those kinds of friendships and that are built on actually building each other up and not tearing each other down. They're not competitive. They're really supportive. And, um, yeah, I feel really blessed to have so many wonderful people that I've collected throughout the years. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You have collected. That's amazing. That's such a great encouragement too, because in the day to day, you know, we, we do end up, you know, Uh, working with or, or dealing with people that aren't so fun. And so to be able to say like, Hey, you know, these are the treasures in there, you know, look for that, find that even if it's just one person, uh, but find that because they, they do make a difference. And I love that. That's cool. Cool story. So, uh, we, we have to go to the bad and I know like the business that you come from, (laughs) Oh my goodness. We could probably just do a documentary about bad stories. Right. But we're not going to do that because we're, we're not doing this to focus on the bad. We're doing this to use the bad to help encourage other people. So yeah, that's, that's really what it is. And so let's, let's choose one story that you could share about the bad. 
So you're right that I could probably write an entire book about the bad, but I think what I've learned throughout the years is that the bad has always been the most helpful, like most informative or, um, the best learning experience. So, um, and we can also save that for the ugly because that was a very good learning experience, but, um, the bad story that I would like to share is, um, I was, when I, it was really my like second, you know, I'd freelanced a bunch between, um, working at the Colbert report and then my second job, uh, working at college humor. And when I was at college humor, I was one of the only, I was really the only female producer on staff and the executive producer that they had brought in, we were working on an MTV show at the time. It was a very short lived MTV show, but, um, he was beyond unkind to me. I mean, he was very old school, misogynistic, um, didn't acknowledge me, didn't like that I spoke up in meetings. Um, you know, there were a few production meetings that we had where I made suggestions and he shot them down and the other executive producers were like, that's a great idea. Like, I don't like, why are you, which I actually think made him like hate me more. I mean, he just really had it out for me. And at one point they recognized the other executive producers that I had been doing a lot of work on the show and wanted to, um, change my title, like give me a, title promotion, um, which is a big deal within the industry. It's like a good, it's just really nice to have. And he sat me down in his office and told me that he was going to give me the lowest possible title change that he could because he felt like I didn't know my place and that I should like keep my mouth shut basically. And that if, if we, and we're in New York and he's like, if this were LA, like you would have been fired in an instant. I mean, it was just crazy. Everything he said was just crazy. Um, and I sat there stone faced and, you know, he asked me if I had anything to say. And I said, no, I thanked him, um, for, the chat. And then I went to the bathroom and cried. And I was, even though it was a very bad moment, I was very proud that I didn't cry in front of him because I didn't want to give him that satisfaction. So good job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Never let him see you cry. Yeah. (laughs) Good for you. Wow. That had to be really difficult. That really had to be difficult. Some people are just not nice. Yeah. And I think especially, you know, I'm a, I'm actually like, I'm a very short person. It's hard to see on the computer, but I'm only five feet tall and I look pretty young. And I felt like I was discriminated against a little, like I just wasn't taken seriously. Um, especially in a very male dominated work environment. And I felt like I had to speak up a little bit more and be a little bit more aggressive, um, as a result. And it wasn't always met kindly, but you know what? I didn't let him silence me and I'm proud of that. So that was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You could have quit, right? You could have quit and went home and cried, but you didn't good for you that never quit. All right. So we are going ugly. This is the turn. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us your ugly story of this journey. So my ugly story actually happened. I, um, was, already working in marketing. I was the communications manager for a medical device company. Um, and my boss started dating a young lady in the office who, um, for some reason did not like me. 
it, it's a very long story, but they would drink a lot and it would get around the office on these like boozy nights out that she had a real um, issue with me, which was news to me because I didn't really have anything to do with her. Um, and specifically that she did not like me going into his office to like talk about work stuff. I was married. I mean, it was just, the whole thing was crazy, but he started bullying me. The two of them really bullied me pretty intensely at work. It went on for about six months. I documented everything. Um, it was just, I felt tormented. I didn't know, you know, showing up, I didn't know if it was going to be a good day or a bad day, if he was going to make an example out of me and shout at me, you know, to, for her to see, um, really it was all for her benefit. They had a very twisted relationship. Um, it, it was a very, very toxic work environment. And again, this is an example of me not quitting because everyone was like, just quit. And I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit on my own terms. I'm not going to quit because they're pushing me out because this is a job that I like. And until I'm ready to quit, like I'm not letting anyone else forced me to leave. Like that's um, it's not how I operate. So they ended up both getting fired and, um, which I felt very good about. <laughs> um, they ended up both getting fired. And then, you know, it wasn't too long after this that I was pregnant with my first child. And, um, you know, I thought the toxic work culture was limited to them, but it turns out it really wasn't. It was a toxic work culture in general. HR wasn't really um, doing much to, to help support me or really anyone, you know, aside from the leadership team. And um, the final straw came for me when I was seven months pregnant and there was an ice storm in Philadelphia where I live. And I requested to work from home that day um, and they denied my request. They told me I had to come into the office seven months pregnant in an ice storm or use a vacation day. And I chose to use a vacation day and um, I rage built my business that day. I said, you know what? I've had it. I've had it with working for other people who are just so disrespectful. Like all I want to do is do good work and show up and be acknowledged for it and be promoted. And like, that's all I really ever wanted. And um yeah, the entire ugly experience led me to create my business. I had three clients committed to working with me before I even went out on maternity leave, which I thought was crazy because they knew I was pregnant and they were like, no, like you're great. And we trust you. And like, we think it's awesome. Like we support you. Um, and yeah. And then eight months after that, that company came back to me as a client. So, um, that it, it had a happy ending. <laughs> I'll say, oh my gosh. And I love how you said that. It was, you know, in that ugly time that that really, really primed things for you to be able to go out on your own. And that was a gift. And so Very and that's so. the whole point. Yeah. Of that, you know, when, when we're going through those ugly times, it's ugly, right? We cannot deny that. No one's going to take that away from us, but just know that even though it doesn't feel like a gift today, that it could be the biggest gift of your life or your business or your career, uh, once you get to the other side of it and it, and it is really true that it's not always what you're faced with, but it, how you handle it, that yeah. makes the difference. And it, it just, you did that like a pro, right? <laughs> you were like, I am not coming to work pregnant 
in that ice storm. And in fact, I don't want to come to work here anymore. And I love that. And hats off to you for, you know, that does take a lot of courage and faith, right? Because here you, you know, even though it wasn't the greatest situation, it was a secure job in a sense of you had that, the paycheck and the income and you're growing your family. Like, you know, guys, nothing is easy, right? And it's never going to happen at the most opportune time. It's always going to be the worst time. Right. Yeah. Although it's funny because I truly think that if if everything were fine and I had this security and like the job was fine, like I probably would have stayed and like thought about one day starting my own business. The very bad experience was really the catalyst to like. I mean, it was like a fire had been lit under me and it just really accelerated the whole process for me in a way that I don't know would have happened. You know, it's it's like beautiful flowers grow out of fertilizer. I mean, that's the best (laughs) comparison I can make. I mean, you know, that experience was fertilizer, but something really beautiful, you know, was able to grow out of it. And I'm very grateful for it because it changed the entire direction of my whole life. And that was literally six years ago in January of 2015. So I'm, yeah, never looked back. (laughs) Oh girl, that was awesome. Oh my gosh. So you guys, you heard it yourself from Hillary Young, beautiful flowers grow from fertilizer. So if you are implanted right now in fertilizer, oh my gosh, just know that this is where the beautiful flowers come from. Hillary, thank you so much for being with us today. You're so so excited to, to have you share your stories with us. Even the bad and ugly stories are just beautiful and and always a lesson and thank you so much for having the courage to share your journey with us it's not easy to share those things and to go back there but if it helps just one person it's worth it so thank you so much and you guys listening right now i don't know where you are in your life or your business but if you're face down on the ground right now get back up girl get back up you can do it Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.